the vision here is we need to have a voice in Washington, but more importantly, the immediate need right now is a voice in the 50 states. We've got to be the counterbalance to $8 million a week from Big Telco. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. And uh, I guess I'm not in my studio. I'm here in Houston for Broadband Communities. And I'm first going to introduce uh, our first guest, Bob Knight, with uh, President and CEO of Harrison Edwards, because I feel like maybe just spend a word about what's Broadband Communities and is it, is it a success this year? We are having the best time. Uh, we've hit over a thousand uh, attendees for this year's conference. We were hoping to hit about 800, 800 I'm saying we, one of the conference co-chairs. Uh, you know, the, the, the audience has been decayed for, for a number of years. This is the highest number of attendees since 2018. And I, I just think it, the agenda is so good this year. Like, you can't find a lull anywhere. Yeah, no, I'm on several panels, and those have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been on some of them with you. <laughs> That's right. So we also have Kim McKinley, who is the uh, frequent star of a show called Connect This. Oh, I'm here. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, okay, we're here. Um, we, we don't have it. We don't have a video on you. Oh, okay. So I can't dance. It doesn't work. Um, I would like to say welcome. Um, thanks for having me, uh, Chris. And it is very humid in Texas, is what I have to say. Um, I had no idea how humid it what it is here. So, uh, but it is good to be here. You and spent I, a lot of time in Vegas, I hear. I, I, I have spent a lot of time in Vegas, um, but it is. Uh, I would agree with Bob and say this. This agenda has been very robust. Um, unfortunately, I have missed all the panels that you two are on. So. Apparently, I've missed the best content, according to you two. That's what I've said. <laughs> and uh, what do you do when you're not on Connect This? Um, on my spare time, I work, work. Let's move broadband forward, and I think that's what we're here to talk about today. You work for a network founded by Sir Thomas More. Basically, yes, basically. Utopia is what we're yes, getting. Yes, to. yes, yes. <laughs> okay. I got your reference. It's not funny. No, I, it's nothing. Nothing that my wife know. My wife laughs at how like I do not mind that I am the only one who thinks that I'm funny. So I'm used to this. Laughing at your own jokes really gets you a long way, Chris. Kim, why are why are we talking today? Um, you know, this here we are. Uh, when people are listening to this, the announcement will have been made. Earth will have been shattered. Uh, because of this announcement that that's, you're going to make tomorrow, but we got a, a preview for a show that I'll release later. <laughs> what are what are we talking about tomorrow, or what are, what are you talking about while I'm on an airplane? Well, tomorrow we're making an incredibly exciting announcement um, that has been in the works uh, for quite a while with a few of us. Is that we are going to announce that we have formed a advocacy organization called the American Association of Public Broadband, um, in words AAPB. And uh, we're really excited. We really want to be the voice um, for communities around the country of really giving them a seat at the table and uh, helping them choose their own destiny, whatever mm -hmm. that may be. Wonderful. And then, Bob, you've been in intimately involved in this. Um, I, I, we didn't actually cover this right away, but Harrison Edwards, uh, you're an advertising and uh, social prom like market promotion firm. Public relations, marketing, social media, yeah. Right, and communications, all kinds of stuff. And uh, you do a lot of work with community broadband. So obviously you saw that this was something that was needed and something that you could help provide. So actually, it's a little bit of a misnomer because I'm also uh, a public official right. in town of Richfield, Connecticut, where I serve as an economic community development uh, commissioner. And, you know, one of the great frustrations that I was having as I was watching, um, you know, the, the funding, you know, whether it was CARES Act or the infrastructure bill unfold in real time, was that 
Muni Broadband, Community Broadband, didn't have a voice in, in any of it. And, and our community is looking at an all-fiber network. What that model is going to look like, you know, we're not there yet. But we know that we needed to have a voice. And looking at the way the funding was, was carved out, how it's been flowing, looking at um, lobbying efforts that are going on in D.C. and now that have, have sort of populated the 50 states, uh, it, it was astonishing to me the amount of money, the amount of money that's probably going to go to waste, frankly, uh, and just going back to the same old, same old and not really advancing stuff. You know, when you have $65 billion plus CARES Act plus funds at the state level, I mean, billions and billions and billions of dollars, and are we just, just moving the ball down the field a little bit? We, we, this is a Hail Mary. This is a once-in-generation opportunity, and um, communities really need to have a voice, uh, a, a singular voice, and a few of us had been thinking about it. Um, I, I talked to Kim about the, the idea. She had this, a similar idea. I talked to Heather Gold about it at Mears. She had sort of a similar idea. So a bunch of us sort of came together and pulled together a board and we've been working very hard behind the scenes so i'm not there in the harrison edwards role i'm, I'm there in the town of richfield role um you, you have to be a public official to be on the board uh you know harrison edwards will support as as a vendor but mm-hmm. uh you know this is this is for public officials by public officials to advocate in a clear and singular voice and to educate i think that's an important uh role in this is because we want to educate as i am from utopia um i don't think we mentioned that at the beginning because we just ex- anticipate everybody knows who i am but if they don't really i mean they're, they're doing something wrong it's exactly. their fault well we have like we have a few we have like people like bob who are just starting the process to people like me who works at a mature network operator to highland illinois to kitsap pud and traverse city um uh, that is all deploying networks. And I think we have a vast uh, like amount of experience, and we just want to bring that education to these other cities who are just starting the process or might be at some point in the deployment process, and they might just be lost, and they just need a, just some place to ask questions or bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. And that's what we really want it to be. Um, and I think it's an exciting um, opportunity because, at least for me, and I think for Bob as well, I get calls every day from communities around the country just wanting some kind of advice. And I think, yet again, that's kind of how this idea started, because you were like, I'm getting all these calls, but how many calls am I not getting? Is that why you're not returning my calls every day? I might have you blocked, Chris. We don't (laughs) want to talk about that. Yeah, I'm getting calls, too, every day about why Kim is the way she is. (laughs) But, you know, it's, it's okay. No, I mean, the reality is that there's so much confusion in the marketplace, right? If you're a muni official... You really don't know where to go with this. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we sort of assembled the, this this dream team of, of board members here. So Angela Imming from City of Highland, Illinois. She is uh, our board chair. And, you know, we, we talk about how there aren't enough women in leadership roles. And here, you know, National Advocacy and Education Organization uh, Chair is a woman. Vice Chair Angela Bennick. You have to be named Angela, by the way, to be in a leadership role. Uh, From uh, she's the general manager of uh, Kitsap Public Utility District in Washington State, and is just a real powerful force for public broadband in Washington State. Boy, she she is a force. It's it's and it's fantastic, you know, to to work with uh, uh, both of these women in in this capacity. You know, we know each other from industry stuff, but to really see them in action is is phenomenal. Uh, Scott Menhart uh, is the board treasurer from Traverse City. 
light and power. They're deploying TCLP fiber. And uh, Kim is board secretary, and I was just uh, elected member at large, the largest member. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, COVID. So are there, if um, if I'm a community out there and I'm like, I've had a municipal network for 20 years. Like, how do I learn more about it? Like, what do I what do I do to support it or to um, make sure that uh, I'm on the board or you know those sorts of things? Like, how, how, what do you do? So, uh, AmericanPublicBroadband.org is our website. You can also go to .com just in case you're fancy. Uh, but um, you you can learn how to sign up, what the dues are. You know, we want to hear from members, you know, putting together advocacy platforms, putting together committees, you know, whether it's a policy committee or an advocacy committee or or whatnot, uh, education committee. You know, the vision here is we need to have a voice in Washington. But more importantly, the immediate need right now is a voice in the 50 states because that's where the money's flowing. You know, Mm -hmm. policy policy is is essentially baked right now. So now it flows to the states, whether it's the state broadband office or another entity. And, you know, the the state broadband offices, they're they're poaching from each other. NTIA is poaching talent, right? So there's a real need for educating these new officials that are coming in. So, you know, we're we're open, you know, to uh, cities, towns, counties, state agencies, federal agencies, if you want to be part of AAPB. Uh, it's a really important conversation. We've got to be the counterbalance to $8 million a week from Big Telco. No, I think you are absolutely correct, Bob, and that's the only time I will ever say that you're correct I think on we this. We should have high five on that. That's just yeah. Oh, excuse me. Excuse. <laughs> high five. Um, no, I think you're absolutely correct, and I think it's, it's that we're just out there to be the voice. And these communities, we want to help the, who want to join us. We want to help them to have a voice and help dictate where we go. Um, this is, you know, five people who are on the board today, but we want to grow it and hear where people want to go. We don't want to say these five people are the ones who are going to dictate where this organization goes. We want all the community and board members and future members to come in and say, okay, this is what is important to us today. Um, we also want to be a voice for some of this legislation that is happening in states. Some states are like removing the barriers to municipal broadband and some are enacting putting uh, barriers to make municipal broadband harder. And I think that's the point, right? One of the biggest points is that I don't think municipal broadband necessarily works for every community across the country. But what I am saying is every community should have a choice if municipal broadband works for their community. I have a list of the five that it doesn't work in. Oh, you do? The five communities, yeah. Okay. (laughs) But I, I think Kim's point is really relevant, right? We're model agnostic. If you want to partner with a company like like a Comcast, if that's going to work best for your community, absolutely. You know, we'll we'll help you with the resources. We'll help you understand what that looks like. If you want to build your own network, fine. We're model agnostic. If you want to if you want to be uh, be an open access network, great. We'll we'll help you. If you're going to be a single ISP, you're going to partner with a new entrant like a, like a Google Fiber. Fantastic. It it doesn't matter. Who's going to be answering the phone then when you, <laughs> when you get 50 calls next week? <laughs> well, Chris, I would like to say that we are um, our member board member at large um, <laughs> has a responsibility and it's phone calls. That's what I, uh, I have voted for. So um, you don't have a, a staff at this point. We do not have a staff at this point. This is very much we're announcing it. We're exciting and we're kind of building, building the momentum to continue to keep growing the organization. We're going to have a fast and rapid growth after we announce tomorrow, um, just from some early announcements and early kind of um, You told previewing. someone else aside from just me? No, they heard when I was just talking to you. That okay. was it. Yeah, they, 
I would definitely not tell anybody but you. But we, we are seeing a lot of people, I think a lot of people have been waiting for an organization like this to pop up. Yeah, well, I mean, Doug Dawson and I talked about this like eight or nine years ago, and we just didn't have the energy or like the, the capacity to like try and get it going. I mean, this is something that has um, long been, I think, needed, but it's just, you know, we needed someone that had the kind of vim and vigor that the two of you have, along with the <laughs> other board members. We, we do have vim and vigor. So Kim and I, um, during the pandemic, we um, we approached the Fiber Broadband Association. We started the Public Officials Committee, which is actually technically a roundtable. Uh, but uh, there's about 150 cities, towns, counties, and state agencies that are involved. And we have weekly, uh, monthly meetings, rather. And, um, you know, that organization has been very, very supportive of, of the efforts. They're a big tent organization mm-hmm. you know we've talked to Gary Bolton about it and he, he's extraordinarily supportive of of uh, AAPB of the new organization anything so he has to spend less time with you too yeah clearly <laughs> but he um, he he sees it as we do as an opportunity to really partner on, on some issues and to really you know advance the industry and advance fiber forward so we're really thrilled to have close working relationship with FBA and you know we we want to have close working collaborative relationships with a lot of the other industry groups cuz th- there's a lot at stake and you know it's it's our economy it's our communities we have to really move move, move things forward mm-hmm. this is our future we are doing this because broadband is infrastructure and broadband is needed as we continue um, down this journey. I mean, we all learned this during the pandemic, um, that how crucial this is. And if we don't, like Bob said, get this, spend this bead money correctly, where are we going to be? It goes back to we just want to educate and be a voice so we can use this money that is coming out of Washington and all these different states in the most effective and efficient way. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's almost too late for the bead money, right? We're, we're going to be able to have some influence in the states and whatnot. But I think we need to be looking, you know, what's the next farm bill going to look like? You know, what's coming down the road? That's what we need to have our eye on as Well, as you we talk grow. about the states as well. I mean, what are the states doing, right? So uh, some of the states will find that the bead money is not enough, and they'll need to do something. 100%. Look, look uh, in my home state, Connecticut, you know, the, the governor's been pretty aggressive about it. You know, he, he, he's a former cable guy, so he, he actually really understands uh, the, I mean, he wasn't knocking on doors and, you know, installing. You know, Ned Lamont uh, was, was an executive. He, he had a network. Um, but he, he really gets this, and they, they've put a lot of money in the budget um, in Connecticut, where I am. Other parts of the country, look, I mean, was it Missouri? They, they returned, you know, the federal funds, uh, you know, for political reasons. So, I, I mean, let's get real here. It, we, we, this is a once-in-a-generation uh, investment, and it's certainly not a once-in-a-generation problem or challenge. So we've got to roll. The, the thing that I felt really showed how much this is needed was when the Biden White House said, we want to solve the broadband problem, which is not just rural. It is a problem of raising of higher prices. It is a problem of needing more competition. You know, we want to spend money. We want to support community networks. And the next day, I think five trade associations showed up at the White House to talk with the White House about that. Each of those trade associations had their own agenda. Some of them overlapped significantly with the agenda that that we would have as like focusing on municipal broadband. But there was no one there whose mission was to say, yes, you got it right. (laughs) Right. Well, that's that's the biggest problem of all. The the Biden administration actually got this thing right. Well, it did in rhetoric. Yes, In rhetoric. Yeah. (laughs) At least in rhetoric. In terms of policy, you know, we're 
you know, I don't think anything's going to be perfect when, when you sort of cobble together a, a bill with, with multiple stakeholders. But it's the biggest opportunity that we've had, and it's potentially the biggest opportunity that we're going to lose. Yes. Money, money, and more money. And let's just figure out how we can deploy these networks in a great way with this money. And I think that's the key. It's, this is not, the bead money is not the first amount of money we've seen in the past, and this is not going to be the last. I hope that doesn't uh, shock anyone. But um, I think that we, as this organization has been started, is really, really just trying to help. It goes back to what I keep saying it over and over, but just give a voice. Now, um, uh, ILSR, we're not public officials, so mm-hmm. cannot be on the board, but there is a role for us as well as other vendors, right? Yes, there is a role. Um, we have two membership categories for um, vendors, and we would love, we want vendors at the table, right? Because we are, we want them part of the organization as well, because vendors are an important part of this process, right? We can't build these networks without vendors. They don't let me in a factory building um, um, optics or equipment. They, they decided- Not anymore, they don't. <laughs> after that first network. Um, so we do need vendors part of this discussion. And it's, we welcome them. We want them. Um, I think they are a crucial part of, of making all of this a success. I think there's so many crucial parts to this discussion. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see where this organization goes. And, um, and I think, Chris, you mentioned something of that we had the vigor to start this organization. Um, I don't know if it's bigger or it's a tad bit of crazy in <laughs> us. Maybe too much coffee. I detect a little bit of that. So when, when I helped to launch Next Century Cities, I'll tell you, the, the question came earlier than I expected and was surprising. Can Canadian members join? It's, it's part, they're part of America, man. <laughs> okay, Chris, I used to like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, those are one of the questions I had not thought of. But uh-huh. it's yeah, a, I had neither when, when we were doing that. Yeah. I think that will be a board discussion. And as the board secretary, I will um, take notes on that discussion mm-hmm. when it happens. Yeah. One of my favorite people in the industry is Barry Walton from Corning. Resides in Canada. Which, which province is he? New Brunswick, I think? Or? Yeah, it's either Newfoundland or New Brunswick. Newfoundland or, or, or New Brunswick. Right? He's out there in the east. He, he's out in the far east. He's east of Maine. Yes. I think we need to allow Canadians in and people from all countries, right? You know, uh, I, you know they they have the problem north of the border too. Kim's they, they, making a face. They have the same issue. Oh, <laughs> I what think do you have against Kim, Canadians. Kim, Kim had I'm, the right answer, which is the board will discuss it. <laughs> the board will discuss it. Well, the board is discussing it now. At least two fifths of the board. Do we have a quorum? <laughs> we don't have a quorum though, but uh, it is the American Association of Public Broadband. And, and I think based on the exchange rate, since we are raising money right now, you know, I, I'm just saying uh, we should consider it, Kimberly. It will be a board discussion. And as your board secretary, we will discuss it and I will take notes. Is the that city fair? Of, uh, the city of crypto from Bitcoinistan would like to join. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good question. Do we take crypto as a form of payment? <laughs> However, the website's set up, man. But Kim, Kim made a point earlier, and, and she's 100% correct. This has to be an organization of inclusivity. There's exclusivity on the board to keep the mission pure, which is you have to be a public official. Uh, but 
you know, the vendor community, the nonprofit community, there is a special nonprofit rate that we have because a lot of nonprofits are, are in, the, you know, we don't, you know, it's not just cities that are, uh, cities and towns that are building networks. There's nonprofits. There's advocacy groups. There's, uh, there's groups like ILSR. Um, so we want to make sure that, you know, we're big tent with a real sharp focus in a very narrow area. We're going to stay in our lane. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna work collaboratively with some of the other groups and make sure that our voice is heard and we're gonna help them and support each other. Uh, and I think that's that's sort of the the biggest challenge for the industry in general, right? We have so many people. There's so many sales goals. Everyone's trying to you know cut each other down for five dollars or whatever. And I think we have to reverse that trend too and just bring out the best in each other because mm. really if if the cities and towns and counties are moving forward with this everyone's going to win you know all the, the vendor community is going to win so let's just do it well I, I appreciate both of you taking a light tone with this interview because as we've been discussing here like this is serious right i mean like these networks are actually life and death for people they are life and death for communities they are life and death for employers like these are very serious topics and and i mean i'm glad that we can we can joke about it but like this is something that is sorely needed uh for people to be able to figure out how to move forward and to make sure that we have uh an organization that is representing these interests to to bring the balance and that's a word that i just feel like we need to use a lot is is um you know we're not looking to run anyone out of business uh, i say that like as the whole movement your organization is not looking to run people out of business uh, but you are you know looking for a balance yeah I think that's absolutely correct and I think that one of my like I guess it's one of my brand standards is just because it's serious it doesn't mean that it doesn't have to be fun and we want to bring like fun and like being able to laugh about things in broadband because I think that we've all been to conferences that you sit there but and watch panelists and it's like you're watching PBS over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's we want to bring character and bring like include everybody. Uh, you know, you can include me with a, my big red glasses or Bob with his you know Hawaiian shirt on. Yesterday we're we're being inclusive, but we want to. But we do agree that this is a very serious issue and building out America is going to be like it's. It's the cornerstone of where we're going. And let me just say, I mean, like, I feel like your discussion, the video that you'll find on the website, which is American Public Broadband. Dot org. .org. Um, there's a, a video up there, I think, gets at this and how serious this is and how successful public strategies have been. And so I'm excited to, to help um, amplify that message and, and work on that with you. And I think it's important that we help with people in the attack. Like, I was just reading a thing. That's why Mike made a face. With what, like, we're getting attacked about something stupid that just came out, right? And we have to help communities who are getting wrongly attacked on some of these issues. Because as Big Telco comes out, some of them are, don't like what... Utopia Fiber and others are doing, mm-hmm. and they're making false allegations and claims. So that's another thing that we're going to help of how to navigate some of those hurdles that might come up during this process of deploying these networks. Back to the publicist of the group. Well, now I feel foolish, you know, coming after that that lofty comment because I was going to say my favorite part of the video is that uh, Scott Manhart flew out to to New York so we can record our our section and I got him standing underneath the Yankee sign in my office to record his part big Detroit fan <laughs> but yes I think it's important that uh, you know when people come after utopia that we know how to respond wonderful thank you both for for um, taking time to to share this uh, the American public broadband with us and, um, and the great work that you're doing both in your communities and um, and then on this organization 
And Chris, we would like to thank you for having us on the podcast today. Is this where I get my Oscar speech? Is this where it is, or is it somewhere else? Oh, we've already started playing the music in the background. Oh, okay. And cue the pig's blood. <laughs> we have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this and other podcasts from ILSR, including Building Local Power, Local Energy Rules, and the Composting for Community podcast. You can access them anywhere you get your podcasts. You can catch the latest important research from all of our initiatives if you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. While you're there, please take a moment to donate. Your support in any amount keeps us going. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song Warm Duck Shuffle, licensed through Creative Commons. This was the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.